Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Thank you very much for agreeing to uh, do this podcast uh, with me. So it's uh, just uh, about getting inspirational stories of uh, successful people like yourself, you know, so we can uh, share that and inspire others who are looking to do the same. So I particularly like your message, you know, be brave, be bold and be brilliant, you know. Yeah. <laughs> So that's uh, what we want to uh, to capture. So I essentially, just wanted to um, basically cover a, a number of things. So if we can capture your story, you know, sort of your your background, where you come from, your experiences, your education, and all of that, and then uh, within that, we get to understand more about uh, you know what business means to you, your successes and failures, you know, the highs and the lows, and also capture some uh, lessons and uh, uh, tips that you can offer to those people who are looking to, to sort of uh, go into business or, or do some things for themselves, uh, you, know, uh, you know, sort of uh, give them some mindset things and tips that can help them to actually grow. So that's uh, the, the theme and that's uh, what we're trying to, to capture. So I hope I, I so. I follow you, and uh, you know your your story is quite quite inspiring. So it'll be good to to capture that, yeah. Mm, oh, no, yeah? that's right. No problem. Yeah. So should we just uh, pick it up from there? So first of all, just to to capture your story, so if you can just walk us through you your story and uh, uh, you know where you've been and and, and to today. That's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me on your podcast. I'm very privileged to be here, so thanks for that. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, you can probably tell from my accent that I'm a, a northern girl, so I'm a Mancunian by um, by background. And uh, you know, I guess, I guess, really, in terms of my story, I grew up in a, a very normal working class family, if you like, in Manchester. Uh, I was the of three daughters, so I've got two older sisters, um, and I was certainly the, the only one in the family to go to university at the time. Um, so that was quite, uh, a, you know, a sort of sacrifice my parents to financially help me to go to university. So I feel very lucky and privileged to have done that. Um, and I, uh, I went to Leeds University, did an economics degree. Wait, this is a long time ago, right? Way back when. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and you know, I came out of university with a first class on please. Um, wow, that's very good. Very yeah. good. The first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a Jeff Hurst, as they used to call it in my day. Um, but yeah, so so I came out of university and because I'd done an economics degree, it was it was quite a good degree to do because it was broad yeah. and it was applied in, in business. And ironically, my very first first proper job, may I say, uh, was as a government economist in Whitehall. Mm. So mm. I, um, when I graduated in '93, there was a you know recession on, uh, which is not dissimilar to the situation we're facing now. And uh, I originally wanted to stay north, but 
you know, I was applying for hundreds of jobs. And even though I had a good degree, it was really difficult. So uh, I eventually got accepted on, into the government economic service in Whitehall. So I had to move to London. And mm -hmm. I, classic northerner, and I said, I'll go for two years. That's the maximum. Two, three years <laughs> I'll stay in London. 25 years later, I'm still <laughs> here in London. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, I love it. I mean, I'm very proud of where I'm from in Manchester. My working class roots, all my family are there, and I go back a lot. And uh, one of our businesses is, is based in Manchester now. But, um, yeah, I love London. I like the contrast between my hometown of Manchester and kind of being down, down here. So I did the government economic service for probably just over two years. And I realized that the gray cardigans of the civil service uh, were not for me, uh, were not <laughs> enough for me. So um, I jumped into travel at that point. So I've spent most of my career in the travel industry, uh, some big brands that you'll, you'll recognize the names of. So Thomson in the old, in the old days, First Choice, yeah. Brook, Tui, Saga, um, so it's some big, big businesses. And, and essentially, I guess I, I worked my way up, if you like, over over the years. So I, when I started, I was on a graduate scheme, worked, you know, mm. did things with that. And then I had the opportunity. I got itchy feet, actually, about seven years into mm. Thompson. And I just had this feeling that I I loved what I did, but I needed to branch out because otherwise I could have been there forever you know I loved it so yeah. much but I knew deep down there was more in me and I knew ultimately I wanted to become a CEO and to lead a business a big business so yeah. the opportunity to go over to Spain to live in Barcelona for a year to sort out some problematic businesses for TUI um, wow, okay. yeah so I went over there and 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 ran for for the 12 months got them sorted out came back to the UK uh, and then I joined Thomas Cook actually as uh, head of product and at that point I was um, it was an interesting time I mean obviously Thomas Cook since has unfortunately gone into bankruptcy into administration yeah, yeah. which is a great shame because it's one of the best known brands in travel with a, such a long heritage um, but at the time Thomas Cook were going through a rebrand. They'd relocated the business to Peterborough, ironically. So they needed, there was a lot to do um, in terms of how I could make an impact. So that, and then um, I got nominated for an award, an industry award, which at yeah. the time was Young Businesswoman of the Year. And oh, wow. I, uh, <laughs> I like the young bit, right? You had to be under 35 at the time. And I yeah. this award, which was brilliant. And then immediately I got poached by First Choice. I got headhunted to go and join First Choice. So mm. I did that um, in a, and that was a board position, product director. And then from there, I um, First Choice merged with Tui to become Tui Travel. And I made a decision again to make: Do I continue doing the role I'm doing, but with a, a bigger business, but a functional yeah. director role? Or do I want to branch out? And, and re remember, I always had this aspiration to, to be a CEO. So mm -hmm. I thought, time to branch out. And uh, I got approached to go and work in Russia. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. So, so at the time, 
TUI had decided strategically to expand into what we call the emerging markets, and Russia was the first market. So I got approached to go and run that whole operation, and that was exciting, scary all at once. Um, yeah. It involved buying three businesses, so some mergers and acquisitions side of it. It involved running those businesses and also then deciding how we were going to grow and shape those businesses into the future. So it was a really fascinating time, obviously a different business environment, different language, different culture, um, which was a, an interesting time in my career. And then from there, I then got promoted to become the managing director of the emerging markets. So at that point, I ran um, and bought big businesses in China, India, Brazil, had the businesses in Russia and Ukraine as well. So quite an international role, uh, which was mm -hmm. fantastic. So that was probably about six year period, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I got approached to join another travel company called Saga to run their travel division, which was four different businesses, uh, quite a big operation, um, 1700 people in the team. Uh, which was great. And then I decided that I wanted a bit of a change of career to jump out of the corporate world into the entrepreneurial world. And this is where you and I have met, Alex. Um, yes. <laughs> so I now have three different businesses, my own businesses, one of which is our property business with my partner, Chris. I then have a mentoring business. And then I also do a lot of advisory work on mergers and acquisitions. So that's where I am today. Yeah. Um, quite a journey <laughs> wow it's been uh, quite quite a colorful journey yes you almost uh, have experienced every little bit you can experience in business isn't it across uh, all your experiences going to uh, barcelona and russia and all the global yeah. things so you've got a, a very broad global understanding of business isn't it you know? yeah which yeah is, uh, which is really good so i mean throughout all this um Period. Obviously, you mentioned that you, you had at the back of your mind that you wanted to be entrepreneurial and do something that was that was mm -hmm. for you. I mean, would you put it to any specific particular event that eventually made you to do the jump? Because uh, everything else seemed to have been going okay in the corporate world. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess it sort of evolved really, Alex, over time. Because when I decided to leave Saga, uh, which was my CEO role. Yeah, so so when I decided to leave Saga, you know, I thought at that time I would I would probably go and do another big CEO role. So I guess the first thing in my mind was I wanted to run a business. Didn't have yeah. to run a business, but I wanted to run a business. I wanted to to take that leadership role. So in my corporate career, I was kind of leading up to that, if you like. Yeah. When I when I decided to come out of the corporate world, I I'm, I'm I was. 46 at the time, sort of mid-40s. And I just, you know, I've really enjoyed my career. I really have. But I think now what I want is more flexibility in my life. I want to be in control of my own destiny. Yeah. I also wanted to have, create multiple streams of income, which is a term that we we talk about a lot in our world, isn't it? Um, yeah. I wanted to create something like a long-term legacy as well in terms of um, property and, and the assets. So it sort of emerged over time, you know, and, and it was only with giving myself some headspace to think yeah. um, that that became clear. And what I would say is as well, when you start down that journey 
at the actually yeah. I was focusing on my board advisory work and the property business but what yeah. has then happened as you meet interesting people or you educate yourself more other opportunities come along as well yeah um, so so that's definitely been the case for me I would say yeah wow is there is there any particular thing that you would say you miss from the corporate world or, or, or what would you say are the key differences between the corporate world and the entrepreneurial side of things? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think, I think very often people speak in terms of corporate being good or bad or entrepreneurial being good or bad. And, and I don't really see it like that. I think there are interesting aspects of both. Yeah. Cons of, of both those worlds. Um, I mean, sometimes I, I miss the structure, the organization, the uh -huh. resources that you have available in, in the corporate space, you know, because you have a big brand that you work for, you know, you'll have your PA, you'll have your IT department, you'll have your marketing team, you know, and a lot of people that you can rely on. So sometimes it's that. Um, but in the entrepreneurial world, you're much more in control of your own destiny. You can oh, yeah. make things much faster. Um, you know, you can be very agile to adapt to opportunities, mm -hmm. which is great. You can be more creative. Yeah. Um, so there's pros and cons. And, and I think um, when, you're in the, when I was in the corporate world, you always had to be a little bit careful about your external position in the world. So mm -hmm. you're cautious about what you would talk about on social media because yeah. you're representing the brand yeah like a listed company you know saga is on that is a FTSE 250 two is a FTSE 100 company so you've got shareholders and the, the city you have to comply with so that yeah. you a little bit and you can you know sometimes be caught in that trap whereas in the space I'm in now I can do what I want essentially mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. it's up to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's pros and cons. It really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and, and then uh, when you're looking at that, if you, um, let's say someone is, is thinking of the same, you know, maybe making it on their own in business mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, for you, you picked, you know, the pieces where you do advisory and mentoring and all that and property as well. Um, yeah. What are the, the things that you had to take into consideration to come to a decision of what it is that you can do? Yeah, I think with this, it's, it's, it's uh, I mean, the advice I would give to people is, is really give yourself some time to think about all of the skills and experience that you have so far. Mm -hmm. because, you know, over a course of however many years, you will, everyone has picked up either specific um, expertise in a certain area or they might be brilliant at negotiating or you know whatever it might be so I would definitely think for anyone that's thinking about a transition it's worth reflecting on what, what you're good at already <laughs> but important, importantly what you enjoy because you might be really great at something but you might not really have enjoyed it um, yeah you're making a transition to be more in control of your own business, career, life, whatever it might be. Why spend time doing something that you don't really enjoy? Um, yeah. So, so follow a passion. I think is good. You know, to find something that 
plays to your skills, that fills any unfulfilled gaps. You know, you might be frustrated around you've never had the opportunity to, I don't know, be more creative, for example. Mm. Um, but that combination of build on the skills you have, fulfill any gaps that you really want to do, but you've never had the opportunity or you've not been brave enough to do it for whatever reason, mm. combine the passion and do something you love. And I think that is the magic formula when yeah. That transition would would be my opinion. Because essentially, you're making your your vocation your vocation, isn't it? Because yeah, yeah. Working, working then doesn't become like work. It's like you're just merging everything into one. Your passion and your profession, your vocation and your vocation, all into one. Yeah, I think that's right, Alex. Actually, and you tend and this can can be a good thing. It can also be a bit of a curse as well, because what you tend to find is that when you're running your own business, sometimes you don't stop. You know, the weekends are less defined. Um, whereas when you're doing more of a job, okay, you might have to work outside of the the normal hours, but there's yeah. much of a definition between your work life and your personal life. Yeah. So. It's an advantage of that because you have chance to turn off and, and mm. be present with your family and, and doing some personal stuff. But equally, yeah. you're more entrepreneurial. You've got all this flexibility and you, you do what you love. So therefore, yeah. as you say, your, your, your kind of work and life and passion becomes intertwined. Yeah. Outside of that is sometimes that you just don't give yourself the break from mm. business because it's so interwoven. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of have to try and strike some form of balance. Um, yeah. That's yeah. right for you, I think, you know? So so do you say discipline becomes even, even more key so that you actually discipline yourself to separate that time when you're actually working and um, also because some of the impact can actually be heard with family, for example, because if you just all over the place, but you can't distinguish that particular time or it's spending with your loved ones because everything is just merged into into one. So discipline, I guess, becomes quite key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do actually, Alex, and 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 it's ironic, isn't it? Because sometimes people leave their job or a corporate or whatever sort of business they've been in before, where they've not been their own boss, because they crave flexibility and the freedom, and then when you the flexibility and the freedom sometimes yeah. you're like, god where do i start i need more structure so again yeah. finding this right blend i think that is yeah. for you and um, i think it's also important to understand your own energy flows as well because yeah. the joy of being free and having the flexibility to choose when you work who you work with and how you work um mm -hmm. means that you know, your working day might start at two in the afternoon and go through to midnight, you know, or your working day might start at five in the morning and go till two in the afternoon or, or any permutation in between. So I think yeah. the key really is understanding almost where your energy is the highest. Yeah. Your important, you know, sort of tasks into that time, but equally making sure that you're not just constantly working and that you are compartmentalizing your diary a little bit so you've got structure and discipline so that you do get time with the family 
you do get time to exercise or whatever's important to you because sometimes it can be all consuming and before you know it you know you, you've never you've not sat down for for dinner as a family for a couple of evenings and then you you know your wife or your husband is pissed off with you or you know <laughs> you have to try and catch yourself if you find that you're totally having that personal time so i think help compartmentalize your day but with the flexibility that works for you is yeah is, i would say yeah because I, i i think uh, one of the differences as well is probably the amount of energy and motivation that comes into play because you're doing your own thing it's your legacy everything you know is 100% you i think it gives you a bit of more renewed energy and passion and motivation that's why you can probably get to um you know do a lot more and a lot more things you 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 just buzzing you know but in the in the corporate world sometimes when it's a gloomy rainy morning you know monday morning you don't feel like waking up to to go to the office but if it's your own thing you might be looking forward to you know that mentorship call you know the value that you're going to give to someone and that conversation or the next property deal and oh that's happening so you've got a lot more buzz and energy i think that's one of the key differences with it would you say oh yeah 100% 100% agree and i think it's also um who you spend your time with as well you know because yeah. when you're when you're in the you know if you're working for somebody else or you're working in a corporate or or whatever whatever business it is that's not your own you don't always have full choice of who you do business with um you know and you don't always have full choice of who your colleagues are and things like that whereas yeah. when when it's your own business you yeah. choose who you want to work with if you don't if you don't like the look of someone or you don't quite <laughs> get on you can just say well i'm not going to do business with you i don't have to you know i've earned the right who's um so i think also who you spend time with who you do business with can really influence you in a positive or a negative way so you know to make those choices in a sensible way i think is is really great to be able to do that and i think as well, you know almost like the entrepreneur curse if you like is that we're very creative we're always coming up with with great ideas and yeah. and not all those ideas are going to work that's fine but sometimes you will get people in your life that maybe it's not that they're negative as such but they maybe don't fully support what you're doing or they don't understand it or they're very risk averse or they're worried for you know what you what you're doing so it's normally comes from a position of love night mm. out but equally if you've got if you spend too much time with those type of people as an entrepreneur it can really dampen your spirits or you might, you might not follow your dreams because someone is kind of putting putting those blockers and negative thoughts in your mind mm. so i think that's something to really be aware of um yeah. you know and and sometimes that can be people close to you, you know it can be family or friends as well so it's not you turn your back on them but i think you try and maybe limit the amount of time you spend with those kind of people or you just agree not to discuss certain aspects with them because yeah. they're going to discourage you sometimes yeah. wow that that that's a that's a good point to to pick up on actually i mean what, what do you think is the the role of mindset in in, in all of this because that 
from what you're saying, that, that seems to be quite a crucial thing in everything that you do. You know, having the right mindset and also aligning yourself with people similar. So, what, what would you say is, is the role of, of mindset? I mean, yeah, I think mindset is everything. To be honest, Alex, it's, it's absolutely key. Um, you know, and and especially when you're especially when you're trying to to decide what you're going to do next, or you might be at a crossroads or, or feeling a bit unsure because you're moving from one world to the next, and that can feel quite daunting and and quite nerve wracking. So I think have the have the right mindset is 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 a real real key thing. I mean, I. It's something that I talk about a lot with my mentee clients, and in particular, um, self-belief, I think, is is probably what, I mean, mindset is such a massive topic. You know, there's so many books you can read on mindset, and, and they come from slightly different angles. But for me, I think one of the common themes that comes up a lot is this lack of self-belief. Um, we all have these little gremlins in our head that can sometimes, you know, a voice that says, oh, you can't do it or you don't fit it. You know, this whole imposter syndrome is something that I have personally struggled with most of my life, you know, and I I work really hard on that myself. Um, so if, you, if you're not aware of that, so I think the first thing is being quite self-aware about it. And I think it's proven that most of our responses as an adult are normally formed from what happened in our childhood between the age of zero and seven. And that doesn't mean you've had a bad childhood. You could have had a fantastic, I had a great childhood. You know, my I was incredibly lucky to have the parents I had and my sisters. I felt very loved, but not less. Being the youngest of three, uh, three girls, sometimes I didn't feel good enough. You know, I was striving for attention and look at me. That imposter syndrome has definitely stayed with me through my career. So yeah. I have to work on that all the time to say, I am good enough. I do deserve a place at the table. You know, yeah. that mindset is such a key area for all of us. You know, yeah. for other people, it might be that, I don't know, they, they don't have great relationships. You yeah. know, maybe they don't deserve that they're good enough to be loved. So therefore, they kind of re repel and reject anyone that gets close to them. So it's a fascinating area, isn't it? And, um, yeah. you know, I think self-belief in particular in business, um, yeah. one where you need to try and recognize when those um, imposter syndrome kicks in, for example, just observe it, go, I know what's happening here. I know where it comes from, but I'm going calmly going to choose a different course of action than what I my gut instinct is telling me to do. Yeah. Um, and, and just being able to sort of select your decisions and your thoughts in the same way as you select your clothes every day almost. Yeah, wow. But uh, I, guess, I guess some people would say, is that something that's easier said than done? Because someone who is in a particularly negative mindset, it may be very difficult for them to actually pull themselves out of out. Of. I guess uh, you could say that uh, we're part of uh, being part of the mastermind or mentorship that you can help other people actually help you to come out of that because it, 
it might be something that's difficult for a person to come out of it themselves in a way. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right, you know, because, you know, even if you know what's happening, sometimes it's still difficult to make the change. Um, and I think it, it's it's around replacing old habits with new habits or, you know, old behaviours with new behaviours. And that takes routine. It takes repeated action to, to change natural response to, to certain situations. And yes, of course, you can do that on your own, but it's harder to do it on your own than if you've got a support network around you. And that support network, you know, it could be a partner or a friend that you have a, a you know a safe and close relationship with that will encourage and support you. But the advantage of having, say, someone like a coach or a mentor is yeah. that they are they're not so close to you, um, but they there to care and to support you and to give you um, some fresh ways of thinking and some practical tools that you can use yeah. and, and also to hold you to account and to, to make sure that you are making the progress so you don't just fall back into mm. old behavior. So yeah. I think that kind of combination of um, support, encouragement, love. Yeah. With the accountability and kick up the backside when you need it um, yeah. is is a really good way to yeah. that mindset and to help change your way of thinking or improve your way of thinking. Um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, that, that's okay. that's really good to couple couple the importance of that. Actually, now um, let's start taking you back to your. Uh, Corporate world. Yeah. What What would you say were the the highs and the lows in that world? Yeah, there's God. There's lots. We could be on for hours. Alex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, listen. The highs. The highs were for me. Um, obviously, the overall career progression was great. You know, because I. I always, I always worked incredibly hard and I worked smart. Um, so it gave me great satisfaction. As I said, I always wanted to prove something, yeah. to, to prove my worth, to prove that I'm good enough. And, and again, this comes back to the whole imposter syndrome and wanting to be loved and all that kind of thing. So I guess the career progression and the fact that I was successful was, yeah. was a high for me. Um, I think not necessarily a low, but one of the things that uh, was difficult for me was being a woman in business in that world because mm. um, I was nearly always the only woman in the boardroom with a, a P&L, with a commercial role. You know, yeah. you would very often find that, say, HR would be a female director. Um, and they listen, I'd like to see more male HR directors again because it that tends to be biased towards women and not men um mm. but in the commercial space so it wasn't a low but it was definitely a challenge i would mm. say yeah um, you know and then and then so oh, some of the real another highlight for me really was i always enjoyed the cultural diversity of doing business in all different parts of the world yeah, yeah. I'm fascinated by um the the nuances shall we say of you know, why Russian people behave the way they do or the way businesses in China, Asia, kind of part of the world where loss of face and respect 
is a massive thing and how you can world is needs to be different to be successful and to be respectful than when mm. you're in a, in a sort of Western European uh, approach. So I always really enjoyed that variety and that cultural diversity. So yeah. I guess diversity for me is something that is really important to me, whether it's gender diversity, racial diversity, LGBT, you know, the whole range of, of, of and obviously there's topical um, coverage about that right now, but just mm. diversity in general, I'm a big believer in. And it pisses yeah. me off that, you know, even today, there are only, you know, if you look at the FTSE 100 companies, 75% of them are led by men. Um, yeah. And yet when you, when coming out of university or higher education, it's 50-50 between men and women. So that just seems inherently wrong to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and in my, in my industry, in the travel industry, it's only 6% women mm. at wow. the top. It's, yeah. it's atrocious, you know. So, yeah, so, so those sort of things are, and I guess that comes back to my, partly my values of, of, of um, fairness and everyone having the potential to be who they want to be, to be given the freedom and the choice and the flexibility and the support that anyone can achieve anything. So I, yeah. I think a lot of it comes from that, to be honest, Alex. But. Yeah. Wow. So then, have you found that uh, it has been particularly harder to, to break through these barriers, being, being a woman? Like you have to work that extra harder to, to achieve or be where you've you had to be just simply from those injustices of either being a woman or, or something like that. How have you found it? Yeah, I think I think in, in the world I was in, um, yeah, it was harder, to be honest. Um, I, I never carried it around with a, like a chip on my shoulder, you know, because I think women don't help themselves either. You know, so it's a combination of things that can be addressed in, in the organisation, you know, around yeah. recruitment, retention of talent, development, role models, um, and it has to be a, a strategic priority. So there are things that the business needs to do to get more diversity, in particular at the senior levels. Yeah. Um, but equally, there are certain things that, that women need to do themselves as well to, mm. to make sure they're in the best possible position because this isn't about men or women being better or worse than each other. It's yeah. about both can contribute in a really great way. Both are different and that's the joy of it. You know, you yeah. get results when you have a diverse group of people, not just one way of thinking or one way of doing. So, so for me, it's, um, it's, it's a lot around, you know, the combination of what can the organization do and what, what can you do as an individual so, so for me, yeah, there were times when it was tough. Um, yeah. I always just worked on the basis that try, continue to believe in myself, do a good job, deliver the results, say what I'm going to do, treat people as I want to be treated myself, a woman, you know, yeah. and and really try and um, be a bit of a, a champion for for diversity, for gender diversity. It's a lot easier in the entrepreneurial space i will say yeah. so you know, if you if you think about entrepreneurial businesses uh you tend to it's more even it's still not 50 50 it's more mm -hmm. even um yeah. and i think partly that is because of the flexibility piece as well so if mm -hmm. you're your you know if you if you're a, a working mum 
with you know childcare, you know things to have to, to have to sort out on that side of things. It can be quite rigid in a corporate world that that means sometimes you have to make a choice. Whereas yeah. in an entrepreneurial world, if you've got your own business, you can fit that around childcare child commitments, family stuff going on. So you tend to find, I think, in the entrepreneurial space that you will get more of an even split between men and women and different kind of, you know, um, levels of cultural diversity. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, I, I guess, uh, I mean, for me, sometimes it's also... Just like you said previously, that we tend to be conditioned the way that we understand the world and the way we conduct ourselves and how we grew up or how we are raised and our experiences around that. So sometimes uh, it may just be raising that awareness and education for people to understand that you know everyone is equal, everyone has got ability that they can they can achieve. You know, everyone can be brave, bold, and brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah, because sometimes you find people either in corporate structures or, or, or in uh, business are behaving in a, in a certain way, not because that their intentions are like that. It's because that's all they know and that's how they've, they've grown up and that's what they've experienced. So it, it may be if you just raise a little bit of that awareness and, uh, you know, point them to some education or whatever, you can still effect change in a, in a way in them because they are receptive to that, but it's just that they they know what they know and that's what it is. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and that's really where role models come in, um, yeah. and not just tokenism. Because sometimes you can find, you know, you might have one woman on the board or one black person on the board. Well, that's yeah. yeah okay, that's great. You've got one. It's better than zero, but yeah. You know, you don't want to just be seen as doing the bare minimum. But if you actually have genuinely, um, you know, more role models, because then people in more junior positions or a different stage of their career, they can see someone that kind of looks a bit, has a similar background to me. And wow, they're doing that. So that then becomes a potential option for them. And they can therefore see a pathway to how they could also achieve something similar. So I think mm-hmm. it's a really, really key key thing, actually. Because if yeah. you, you can never identify anyone similar to yourself in those senior positions, it's that you, you immediately think it's not possible when it yeah. absolutely is possible. Um, yeah. so. mm. Wow. So um, quick fire question. I mean, how would you say that... Um, your values you know show up in your current work the work that you do now i think it, i think it's in every way really so i i like to i have fun i like to have fun and, and i'm very yeah. strong so i'm a straight speaker what you see is what you get with me uh, and that comes you know my parents have just been very grounded um yeah so i think being fun having a laugh being very honest very straight and treat people way that I would like to be treated myself and that's just core from everything I do yeah wow good good I want what makes you inspired then what inspires me yeah oh gosh well <laughs> well my mum inspires me um, yeah. so yeah because she's a real trailblazer she's 80 
Um, but even way back when, you know, before women were in business, she was very entrepreneurial um, in her early career. So she's very inspiring to me because she believes in me and tells me anything is possible. So mm-hmm. that is great. Um, but I think also what inspires me is, is being around sort of quite young, innovative people as yeah. well. Uh, who are who are very you know in particular in the technology space I think there's a lot of innovation and that makes me think differently rather than sort of just the traditional way so I really enjoy spending time with innovative young entrepreneurs yeah. uh, startup businesses I like that good 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 um so um yeah another question for you do you think there's a um, because if you look at a, a lot of uh, the successful people, people who are doing different different things, they are the ones who tend to be like breaking out of the mold, and that's why you get a lot of uh, successful people sort of going against the the gradient. Yeah, do you, do you think there is a a correlation between doing that, being someone of yourself, breaking the mold, going against the gradient, and success in business? Is that what it takes? What's your view on that? Yeah, I think I think that's right. I mean, you know, in, in society, we're we're kind of indoctrinated to fit in, aren't we? You know, yeah. you, fit, you fit into you know what the what the curriculum is going to teach you. But when you actually look at really successful people or people that have made a big impact in the world, it is not the ones that do stand out from the crowd. Yeah a bit different you know it's whether you are an artist or a musician or an entrepreneur you know there's so many examples of where people that don't follow the norm can actually be really creative you know you're Steve Jobs of this world you're Richard Branson's you know you're Vincent van Gogh's you know you know Beethoven all of these characters were very um didn't fit in actually fit into mm. the norm and therefore, they were able to almost creatively see things that other people don't see. You know, and if you think about Apple and the, the products that Apple created, you know, if they, if Steve Jobs had actually asked people to tell him what they needed, it would never have ended up with the iPhone because you don't know what you need. You know, so, so, so many examples. So I think you're right. I think having, standing out from the crowd, having a idea um you can get create amazing things from that yeah wow so um yeah now uh just give us uh, a bit more about now and the future like what's happening now and what's your vision of the future where do you want to be where do you see yourself in like five years ten years or twenty years or legacy you would like to leave yeah yeah, well, listen, for me, uh, it's all about making an impact, really. And yeah. I want to be um, and continue to be a much more rounded businesswoman with not just one experience in one area. Um, yeah. So for our businesses at the moment, I have three businesses. As I say, my business and my advisory business, which is working on mainly mergers and acquisitions. I also yeah. then have my mentoring business where... I help other people achieve their uh, potential property business. Um, and I, as you know, Alex, I have recently announced I'm going to do a podcast as well, which yeah. 
brave, bold, brilliant podcast. Uh, so watch this space. So that idea of, of being able to help as many people as possible, being able to be a well-rounded businesswoman, uh, multifaceted, um, and to have a strong voice in the world, I think is something that really aspires me. So I would love to be able to be moving into public speaking and, and being able to help as many people as possible. Yeah. Um, obviously, within all of that, we want our businesses to grow. You know, we've got ambitious plans for our property business as well to yeah. really have a very big portfolio of properties over the next five years. So mm-hmm. it's an exciting time. I am loving my life. I'm loving the people I spend time with. Like getting the chance to sit and chat with you, Alex, is an absolute privilege. Yeah. It really is. Um, yeah. so I'm, that's kind of where I see myself. Mm, that that's brilliant, and 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 for me, that that that's what I, what what I see. I can see, you know, the the color, the excitement, the motivation, the the you know, for looking forward to inspire other people and the impact that you're making, which which is which is really good. And it, it sort of uh, um, comes up and and is reflected in, in your well-being as well. You know, either you know physically and. and and mentally as well, you can actually see how uh, you're so uh, bright and vibrant, and you know, which is really, really good to see. Really good to see. So, Thank you, Alex. Uh, Very kind of you. I saw I saw something else on your side about uh, being a judge on uh, is it every woman in travel. What, yes. what that's a bit more on that one. What is, what is that? Yeah, so so this is all about um, uh, diversity, really, and encouraging, supporting uh, women to achieve their careers and their potential. So this organisation, Every Woman, was set up by two founders, Karen Gill and Maxine Benson, oh, gosh, 20 years ago, because they saw there was a real problem of of women not progressing their careers. So they set up this non-for-profit organization and they work in different sectors. Travel is one, which obviously where I've spent a lot of my career. They also have women in tech, uh, which is again is a male-dominated environment, women in retail, etc. So as a judge on the every woman uh, in travel part of it, basically it's about showcasing talent, female talent within the industry, recognizing that through a sort of an award ceremony if you like and a, and a process that you go through as a as a judge i will, will judge those those women um, yeah. supporting them to progress uh, to the next stage of their careers so it's it's a pro bono i do it for free because obviously i i'm just passionate about it yeah. Um, yeah it's a great organization there's lots of resources actually as well online so if anyone wants to check it out it's just put it woman as the website and there's lots of really free content there to help women you know progress their careers and some tips and tricks etc yeah. wow. yes. oh cool so what, what what's your view given the the current global climate now with what's happened what's what's your view of the future of the travel and hospitality industry for example because obviously it's taken quite a, a hammering isn't it in the last few months yeah, I mean, it, to be honest, Alex, it's probably the the worst affected sector yeah. out of everything mm. with the current with the COVID scenario that we're, we're working through. So, you mm. know, I mean, travel and tourism accounts for ten percent of global GDP. It's a yeah. massive sector, and there are about three hundred and sixty million people across the world working travel. Yeah. So, the latest estimates are the impact of the current 
crisis is that 100 million people will lose their jobs in travel over this wow. period. And that in the UK, that could be as high as 1.7 million people. So it's a really, really difficult time. Um, it will come back, you know, so unfortunately there's going to be a number of business failures and we're already seeing that happen already, unfortunately. Um, yeah. so it's all about those businesses that can conserve their cash. They can survive this period because these are businesses that have significant costs, but zero revenue coming in. Um, and that's that's the challenge, really. So my opinion is that it will take at least three years for yeah. the for the sector to come back to any size or shape of what it is, what it was last year. Um, longer term, though, people always want to travel, you know, freedom of movement, mobility of talent, mobility of people, whether it's a business or leisure, is a yeah. core part of what we're all about as, as human beings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the travel industry does a lot of good for the world as well in terms of alleviating poverty, etc. So. I, the industry will come back, but I think it's going to take at least three to four years. There's going to be significant pain in the short term. Um, and unfortunately, there will be quite a few business failures and people facing difficult financial positions. But longer term, you know, it's a strong industry, but the shape of it will look very different. I think coming out the other side, um, hmm. yeah, it's tough, very tough. Wow. But uh, that, does that uh, present also opportunities for those people who are creative in order to, to, to yeah. actually help the struggling industry and uh, either yeah. through or other other things yeah yeah no i agree i mean I, i'm i'm overly i'm generally a positive a positive person you know i'll always look for the look for the uh, the opportunities so i think those businesses that survive there will definitely be an opportunity for them to take a significant market share you know, yeah. so if you think about it, there'll be some businesses that are will struggle. So yeah. if you're in a good position that you you maybe want to, you could buy that business probably at a lower price than you would do normally um, yeah. to stop that business from going into receivership. So it's good for the, the business that's struggling. It helps it survive. And it's yeah. good for yeah. the business that's acquiring to yeah. actually, you know, add it to the portfolio and grow. Uh, those businesses which are able to pivot and to look after their customers, in my opinion, will be the ones that, that do well because customers will remember that. You know, how you treat people in the tough times um, is, is, is almost more important than how you treat them when the times are good. Okay. Uh, so, I, so, yeah, there will definitely be opportunities for sure. And, you know, what ends up happening in situations like this, Alex, is that you get new business models coming yeah. out, emerging. Um, and I, I sit on a board um, of an organization called the Founders Factory. Mm -hmm. and actually brings together large corporates with entrepreneurial startups and kind of incubator businesses. Mm -hmm. So I'm on that board. And what I'm seeing there is still a significant amount of innovation even now. And some of the new business models that are coming out from those startups in mm -hmm. that travel space, they've got some brilliant, brilliant ideas to, eat, to just shake up the, the traditional way of doing things. So yeah. it forms innovation, I think, as well at times like this. So it's not all negative. Um, there's, there will be opportunities as well. Mm. Yeah, that, that, that's great. That's great. So uh, moving on uh, to, to, the, to the final part, the sort of uh, 
advice that you would give to those budding entrepreneurs or people looking to have that particular edge in uh, in in doing business? Uh, so start off with uh, entrepreneurs, either you know, young people who have no clear in their mind what to do or what business they can set, and they're trying to understand what qualities are key that will make people successful in business. What would you say are the, the key qualities that would, would make people succeed in business? Yeah, I think there's a few obvious ones that stand out for me, Alex. The first one is all about self-belief and mindset. You know, yeah. don't anyone tell you that you can't do something. You can absolutely do anything you want in life, 100%. Self-belief, you know, if you feel it here, then yeah. you the best so so don't let anyone tell you you're not good enough or you can't do something you really can achieve anything you want so that's the first thing i think the second thing i would say is um surround yourself with the right people people that will influence you in a positive way lift you up will you as well you know they're not it's not all about being all fluffy and and nice but they will 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 push you to be a better version of yourself and you're going to learn from and and self-develop and I think the, the other thing I would say is um, be kind of be creative about what those options could be, you know, because don't discount something too soon and keep an open mind to opportunity yeah. because things can evolve, you know, and you might start with one idea that then can become something really quite meaningful. So don't yeah. cut down opportunities too early. Keep an open mind and try some things. Yeah. The fourth thing I would say is is sort of the attitude to failure. Um, don't think of failure as failure. Think of it as learning because most successful people, they don't win straight away. You know, normally they get to that position because, they yes, they've had some successes, but they've normally had a lot of what you would classify as failures, but I would reframe that as learning experiences. Yeah. So that's four pieces of advice I would I would give to someone that's thinking about what you know where do they want to take their careers or their businesses mm, yeah that, that, that that's um, that's very um, inspiring actually especially the one you're talking about failures you know some people can get discouraged they start something and it doesn't go right it's like oh, I'm not good enough or that's it yeah but if, uh, if you you take I believe there's probably a seed of success in every failure if you look yeah. hard enough you know, hard enough. I think it was uh, John DiMartino when he talks about values, where he says that, uh, you know, everything that happens is actually neutral. You know, even for the things that you believe are like the, the worst thing that could have happened, you'll find that actually benefits or advantages if you stay long enough to look at the other side, the flip side of those things. So that's, uh, that's really great advice about Failure as well, just taking it as the end, but look for the positive, put it down to experience and move on and grow. So, thank you yeah. for that. So, I wanted to finish with a light hearted this or that game for you. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> so, I'll give you two things. You have to quickly pick which one describes your profile. Yeah, you ready? I'm could up be, for it. Could be, uh, let's say, cat or dog. Dog. <laughs> Day or night. Day. Uh-huh. 
text message or phone call? Phone call. <laughs> Summer or winter? Summer. Uh, book or a movie? Book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hesitated a little bit on that. I did, one. I had them both. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, comedy or horror? Comedy. Uh, good. Singing or dancing? Dancing. A mobile phone or a computer? Mobile. Mobile. <laughs> and uh, comedy or drama? Drama. Drama. Okay. Uh, now the last one, last but not least, probably a more tricky one: freedom or hope? Oh gosh, <laughs> that's a tricky one. Isn't it? That's really hard. <laughs> you want to be free, but that hope can actually carry you forward as well in your vision. So exactly. One or the other. You can take both in this one. <laughs> I'll have both, please. <laughs> All right, Janet, thank you very much for uh, for um, your your advice and your story today. It's been a quite inspiring story. You know, it's, it's really good to to capture these inspiring uh, stories from uh, people like yourself and the great advice that you've provided to our listeners as well. So, uh, to finish up, for people looking to find you or looking for more information. Where can people find you? Well, I'm everywhere, really. Um, so, <laughs> so I'm all the social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, yeah. Instagram. So it's Jeanette Linfoot. I've also got a website, JeanetteLinfootAssociates.com. And I have a YouTube channel where all my videos and stuff sit as well. So just check that out. It's Jeanette Linfoot. So, yeah, I'm, um, I'm all over the place, Alex. So please, anyone wants to get in touch, that would be lovely yeah. to hear. Brilliant. And I'm looking forward to your podcast as well, because you've got a inspiring uh, uh, stories to, you know, to come out of that. So I'm looking forward to that. And good luck with that. Because that's uh, scheduled for uh, end of uh, July, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. So I'm doing all the preparation uh, as we speak. So, um, yes. And Alex, I would love to interview you for my podcast as well. Okay. That will be brilliant. It'll be an honor. It'll be a pleasure. Excellent. So, uh, Thank you. Yeah, so thank you very much. Uh, I think we'll uh, uh, bring the cast to an end. But uh, again, thank you very much, Jeanette, for, for coming on. And I'm sure we'll see you very soon, yeah? Oh, thanks for having me, Alex. Really appreciate no, it. No problem. Thanks, Jeanette. Cheers. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Bye.